Welcome to another Astros podcast. It's been a busy week in Astroland with the 2017 Astros Caravan taking launch January 17th. In addition this week, the results of the 73rd Baseball Writers Association of America Hall of Fame election will be revealed January 18th at 5 p.m. Central. Of course, the four-time All-Star, Gold Glove winner, and the 1994 National League's most valuable player, former Astros first base legend, Jeff Bagwell is on that Hall of Fame ballot, and Jeff was gracious enough to join us two weeks ago for a live broadcast we call Astroline, and this week's encore conversation in form of podcast is the future Hall of Famer with radio broadcaster Steve Sparks. We've got a special guest, of course, Astroline, brought to you by the Carbot Brewing Company, and we're happy to have perhaps future Hall of Fame Major League Baseball player Jeff Bagwell. Baggy, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's a big special night for us, number one. But uh, thanks for being here, man. It's a lot of fun. Good to see you. Good to see you, Sparky. It's uh, it's great to be here. But I was telling my wife on the way over, I haven't done one of these things in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I was invited or I was or I said I couldn't make it to Jamie I'm Hilder. Sure, I'm sure you were invited. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm giving Jamie a hard time about that. So you and Milo, I'm sure we're doing some shows. Yes. Milo, of course, originated this off-season show for the Astros. Uh, what was that like back in the day? Where were you guys at when you were doing Astroline? Oh, God. I think we've done it in a few different places. I forgot the last one, um, but that was special doing it with Milo. Um, yeah. You know, I was with Milo for so long, my entire career. Such a special guy. He really was. Uh, yeah. he's, he's sorely missed. Um, yep. A big, big part of our franchise, uh, the voice of our franchise, uh, for a long time. Absolutely, so, yeah, it was just a pleasure to be around him. And retiring this year too, Bill Brown from uh, <laughs> from the from the uh, television side. Tell me what your your memories are of Bill, who who did it so well for so many years. Well, just for one, how special of a person he is. Yeah, he's just a good guy. Uh, always fun to be around. Um, very professional. Uh, but yet fun too. So yeah. you know that that's what makes it nice for players, as you know, you know, sure. to, to be around guys uh, that make it fun, that can laugh and laugh at themselves and laugh at me and all those kind of things. So it, it was it was a special time. We're here with Jeff Bagwell, uh, Baggy. I don't want to drown you with all the Hall of Fame talk. So we'll talk probably in the first a little bit uh, segment, maybe a little bit at the end. But uh, you know, we're getting at the doorstep. Two weeks from today, they're going to announce the. Uh, uh, the final tallies of the Hall of Fame vote, and it looks pretty favorable for you. What's that mean to you? I mean, is it getting a little tense for you, or is it looking like I just want this over with? No, you know what I, I said earlier, too? I'm anxious. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I, I haven't got in six times before. Right. Um, didn't really expect to even be in the mix last year. And then this year. All, really? With you all, didn't yeah, expect to be I in did it, not. Huh? Wow. I did not. And then all the buildup this year, um, it – it's something that a lot of people, you know, have been texting me and calling me. My family's obviously sure. excited. And I'm, I'm excited, but I'm just anxious. You know, I just want, you know, the 18th to show up and see if I get it or I don't. Yeah. Are, are you kind of anxious for the Astros fans because you know how much it means to them? I, I am. And I was saying just earlier, um, <clears throat> until, you, until you get to the induction, you really don't know how big you are to some people. Yeah. You know, we live in our lives, our private lives, and our kids. Just regular. Just regular. Same yeah. problem, paying taxes, doing everything the entire right. world. But then when you get there and you see, you know, Craig get up there and with all the Astros people walking down the streets, and since we've changed colors back, I guess, yeah. to orange again, it's, yeah. it's not hard to miss. That's uh, right. Man, it, it was a huge turnout. It was. It was wonderful. It was stifling hot but but, it was, but you were there and you understood what 
that meant to the Astros fan base and what it meant to the city. And that, that means a lot to you because this is your home now. It is. Um, you know, I laugh I, I, I laugh with Lance Berkman a whole bunch. He, now he says I'm a Texan because I spent more time here than I did in Connecticut where I grew That's up. That's right. More than half your life you're yes, a Texan, right? I have. And uh, it, it is special. It, you know, just the people have been so nice to me. Yeah. And, uh, very respectful, and even when I stunk, they were respectful. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it really has been a special thing for my family and for me to live here in the city and just just to pe see people come out, and, you know, it's it's just wonderful. I want to say this, Baggy, and I'm not trying to kiss up or anything, but when I talk to people, whether it be the security guys out at the baseball park or it be the clubhouse guys or it be fans or reporters or whatever it is, they always – had an affinity for you because of the way you respected them. You had patience for people, and you, you gave people time, and I think that's why it means a lot to a lot of the Astros fans. Well, I mean, I look at it as, as much as we were entertainers out there. Right. But everybody has a job to do. Yeah. Everybody's a person. Um, to, to try and act like you're something different than a normal person, except that we play baseball, right? I think is ridiculous. But as busy as you get as a baseball player, what made you cognizant of the fans and in, in, aware of how much your uh, patience with them and, and, you know, staying late, signing autographs, doing all those things. How, was it your upbringing? Was that, was that a lot of it? Yeah. I mean, my father and my mother obviously have huge influences right. uh, in my life. But I just like people. Um, and, and I appreciate the fact that they would take the time up to come and ask for an autograph or just to say cool. hello. And that's what Houston is very, very special is because they don't really generally ask you for anything more than just a handshake. Uh, acknowledgement, um, whether it's eye contact or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, I just think there's special people in here in Houston. In your household, not a lot of games. It's, TV wasn't saturated with a lot of Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. But weekly, you guys were, were locked in. And you growing up in Connecticut and your parents growing up in the Boston area, all Red Sox. Every single one of them. That, I mean, you, you knew all you those talk, guys. You didn't talk about the, the Yankees in my household. No, but the, the Red Sox. Who was your guy? Was it Carter Yeah, Yeah, he's... Uh, you know, what, what was so special about Yaz is, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the entire world. Right. Um, but he got every ounce out of his body. Did uh, you know that at the time? I, I guess I did. Yeah. I mean, I just saw it. I mean, obviously, he was one of the best players. And yeah. I used to try and hit like him. Uh, of course, I hit right-handed. He hit left-handed. <laughs> so, it was, I don't know. But uh, he, he was my favorite player. And my father's favorite player was Ted Williams. Mm. So it was pretty cool. And then when I was with the Red Sox organization, I was taking batting practice in a double, double at Double A in, in spring training, and I had Ted Williams and Yaz behind the cage watching me hit. My father almost passed out. <laughs> How intimidating is that? I mean, Ted Williams is outspoken enough anyway, oh, yeah. but you have your your childhood idol out there watching you too yeah. with Yaz. I mean, that had to be crazy. It was. It was something special. But you know, when you're a kid back then, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's cool. But Talk about two extreme batting stances though. Yaz stood straight up and down. Held the bat a lot like Craig Council, like yep. he was climbing a rope. Man, where, where did you come up with your batting stance? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, really? You have you no know, idea? I, I started spreading out when I was in, when I was in college. And yep. then when I got to the minor leagues, I liked... Um, Don Mattingly a lot, yep. and he used to stand up a little bit and then kind of crouch and do, and do that. So that worked for a while, and then first my first three years, I just I tinkered with everything, and then finally in '94, first three years, oh, in the major leagues, yeah, wow. And, and then finally when I got into the uh, my fourth year, I just decided to spread out and see what happens, and then somehow some way that stance showed up. We're talking about uh, some of your home life a little bit. 
when you got traded to the Astros, you were coming out of double-A with the Red Sox, and you had a couple of guys blocking you with Scott Cooper and Wade Boggs on your way to the major leagues. Devastating, though. None more so than your grandmother. Oh, yeah. My whole and family. She was a huge Red Sox fan. Though. Oh, what, yeah. what did she do when you told her? You had to make that call, right? Yeah, to everybody. <laughs> my mother was crying. My father was, <laughs> my father was the only one that said, you know what, this might be a good opportunity for you. But my, grand, my grandfather, my grandmother, the sweetest angel in the entire world, yep. um, they took it in stride. But see, I was making the progression. I was playing in Double A, which was in Connecticut. Yeah. And then Pawtucket was uh, all around home. It, yeah. And then hopefully Boston. And then I get shipped to Houston. And we didn't understand what Houston was back then. You know, I like your dad's reaction. Your dad acted like he did some research and said, hey, Caminiti only hit 247, I right? I swear that's exactly what he said. <laughs> because I think he got a chance because he had to come pick me up in Albany. And you, if people don't know, you were a third baseman yes. coming up through the minors. But I'll tell you the good story about Cammy too. So I go to spring training. I'm sitting with my dad because, you know, I played a few innings. And then I sat in the stands to watch. And Cammy. I think he went like, I, I, you know, we say he went 11 for nine. So he went like nine for 11. Yeah. And my father turned to me and said, well, Tucson's not that bad. Caminetti <laughs> was going. It's sky to left. Deion Sanders at the wall. And Bagwell has his first major league home run. Jeff Bagwell has delivered. And the Astros lead it now. Three to one. Oh, what a relief it is who has wanted so much to help this ball club and get himself established in the big leagues. And that is a big one. Jeff Bagwell gets his first major league long ball, and it comes with two outs in the ninth inning to snap a 1-1 tie. Welcome back to Astrolog with Jeff Bagwell. Brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company. Of course, next time you're looking for a great IPA, please remain calm. Carbox Hoppadillo IPA is loaded with hops from around the world for the perfect citrus character. Carbox Brewing Company is right here in Houston, Texas. And that call was by Bill Brown and Larry Durker with your first home run uh, off of Kent Merker. Uh, and you were one for two for 18 at that point and probably pressing just a little bit. I mean, I know that's a small sample, but. Going up there late in the game, it's one to one against the Braves in the top of the ninth inning, and you connect. What a what a feeling that had to be! It's like, hey, I'm a big leaguer now. Yeah, it was it was interesting. My teammates were great, uh, as they always are. You know, gave me a, a fake ball. Yeah, they did the whole thing. They yeah. put <laughs> nowadays we didn't have as much money, or then we didn't have as much. They put towels up going to my locker. <laughs> had three beers where they were waiting like for Taj me. Mahal. Yeah, but uh, it was neat, uh, obviously. So, I mean, you go into that rookie year. I, mean, I don't know what kind of expectations you had coming out of a double-A season where you were the MVP of the Eastern League. But, I mean, to come out there and bust it the way you did and you were the rookie of the year, you had to, you had to surpass some of your expectations. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, I thought I could hit a little bit, um, but never did I think that that was going to happen. Um, right. You know, so, yeah, once again, I mean, I had great teammates, um, and we were all in it together. You know, we started out with Scotty and Jimmy Deshays. Those were our, our veteran guys. Sure. And, you know, Cammy only had about three and a half years in. I think Bish was around two and a half. So everybody was kind of young. Um, so we were all trying to find our way. Uh, mm-hmm. But we did it. To, we did it together, and uh, it was fun. And we were getting better. I mean, we did lose a lot of games. I think '97. I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, we had a good core. If you look at that starting lineup, there's some pretty good players that are in there. There really is. But when you're talking about that many young players, Jeff. How did you guys 
create a culture the way you did because you didn't have a whole lot of examples of, of guys to watch. Where did that come from? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I just think that all the guys that we had, they just they played hard. Yeah. Nobody was entitled to anything. Did you guys keep each other accountable even back oh, then? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. I mean, you know, for me, I was scared to death of Cammie. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and then Bish, you know, was behind the plate at the time. Casey yeah. Candell, I was scared scared of. Really? Yeah. But just because I mean, he was a freak? No, nah, he just he just knows baseball. Oh. Um, great baseball guy and still a great friend. Uh, but we just, like you said, we're all in it together. And, you know, we battled every single night and just having a good time. Had some great teammates over the years: Doug Drabeck, Casey Candell, the late Daryl Kyle, who's, who's a gamer, and Ken Caminetti, who's one of my best friends. And then there's this other guy that's up on the wall, number five, Jeff Bagwell. Baggy, you were an unbelievable the way you play the game, teammate and a friend. We both better players because of each other. To have my number retired next to yours is not only fitting. It's really an honor. We stood next to each other for so many years. We had a great ride, and now we stand side by side forever, my friend. I love you, buddy. 15 years, I couldn't have had a better teammate. Of course, that's Craig Biggio, 1998, when their numbers were retired, talking about being teammates for such a long time with Jack, Jeff Bagwell, and names were synonymous with greatness here in Houston for such a long time and do those words kind of choke you up when, when you listen to your buddy I mean you guys fought and played <laughs> played and ragged each other and, and went through ups and downs for such a long time but to hear those words and to know how much you guys meant to the city and to each other I mean it, it goes a long way uh, it's special um, you know Craig is you know I, I, I mean it's amazing because it's true I mean we spent 15 years together uh, you know Neither one of us would have done what we could have done without each other. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he's a special man. Uh, I've known his family ever since I've been here in Houston. Yeah. Um, watch his kids grow up. Uh, what an unbelievable player he was. Um, he just, you know, he went out there every single day, got hurt one time in his career, got taken out at second base. But he was out there. He was a gamer. And Clay, Craig played hard, and he was, you know, like he said, I mean, we both wanted to win. You know what? Your, your daughter, Bryce, said something last year when you came pretty close to getting in. And Mark Berman shared this with me before the show today. He said, you're a Texan now. This is your daughter talking to you more than half of your life. But she also said that, you know what? You didn't get in the Hall of Fame this year, but you're a Hall of Fame dad to me. And that had to probably just slice your heart wide open. That, didn't that just mean the world? It, it did. Um, it sliced my heart, but it also made it very joyous to think that maybe I am doing something decent. That's awesome. Um, and just for have your kid maybe just say something like that. And that was not like a script from her heart, and that's what was wonderful. Well, from 1991, Jeff, through 2005, 2,150 games, and I don't want to go through all the stats, but their Hall of Fame credential, uh, great job. Uh, it, it's very worthy of all this consideration. We've got our fingers crossed. We thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, hopefully uh, be able to uh, touch base a lot more. And these fans are very excited. So thanks for coming out today. And uh, it's been a, real, been a real pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you to Jeff Bagwell and to Steve Sparks for joining us for AstroLine. You can hear that full conversation by going to astros.com slash radio and clicking on the AstroLine link. 
Don't forget to join us live January 19th as the newly acquired seven-time All-Star and six-time Silver Slugger winner, catcher, Brian McCann stops by for an hour-long chat at 7 p.m. Central, January 19th. Stream us live right here on Astros.com.